Welcome back to Enthusiastic Witter. I'm Cody, and on this week's episode, my co-host Christopher and I discuss uh, how we would hypothetically speak with aliens if they did exist, and what sort of communication methods we would use. Your uh, still camera films. <laughs> After I buy film, yeah, no, my still camera film. Um, uh, I don't know. They let me get free shipping with it, so I was really happy. I ordered from. I didn't order from Amazon. I ordered from B and H because I had the gift card through them, and oh, it was nice. significantly cheaper on B and H. It was like the twelve ninety nine for the three pack versus like twenty one dollars on Amazon. So. Wow, I I feel like I got a smashing deal. Yeah, and Amazon's not the place to get stuff anymore. No, a I lot of this stuff seems a little more than everyone else. Yeah, it seems like their stuff is now more expensive, and then it just also seems like they don't have as much variety anymore either. Like you search for something, and it only comes up with a couple of selections instead of you know a hundred like it used to. And it seems like the price differences aren't as much as they used to be either. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, the prices, it's like maybe I never noticed, but I do think that the prices seem to be higher than they than they originally were, but I don't know if they originally were cheaper than other places. Oh, I think they were because that was my big reason for getting on Amazon is because they had everything and it was usually like 50 or 75% of what you'd pay in the store. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. How times are changing. Mm-hmm. I wonder what the next big thing will be. Thought about that. I wonder what the next big thing after internet will be. Yeah. Before this, it was phone. Before that, it was telegram or, uh, you know, wired, mm-hmm. wired communications with the little clicker and the Morse code. <laughs> Before that, it was just mail, hand-delivered mail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then carrier pigeons, too. You can't forget those. Oh, yes. I wonder if those were ever used regularly. I suppose I've heard of them sending, like, birds between castles and stuff back in the day. That seems, um... Risky. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Your enemy can just... Well, I suppose probably back in the in the day they just had, like, bows and arrows and whatnot. They probably couldn't shoot down a bird accurately. Yeah, I think I would think it was something more important. They'd just send a rider on a horse to deliver it. Yeah. Mm. So speaking of communication, we uh, were talking yesterday about our hypothetical situation of if we were if if we were to assume that there might be intelligent life in space, and I I don't think either of us believe in aliens at all. But hypothetically speaking, if there was something out there. And we were going to try to communicate with them. What kind of message would we try to send off into space to first indicate that we are intelligent life, and it's not just some random, uh, you know, clicks of radio waves or something coming off of a planet or whatever, mm-hmm. or like a star that crashed into something or whatever? Um, what could we send out that is very obviously a pattern designed by an intelligent being? And then, like, what 
message could we try to send out that would indicate that we're friendly and we're not like trying to attack or <laughs> sending a threatening message or yeah, we trying to communicate with another civilization. And this stems from a uh, Tom Scott video that I saw where they were talking about stuff that uh, had gotten broadcast out into space. They used a uh, radio telescope to kind of direct it to a I don't remember if it was a galaxy or a specific star or whatever where they were thinking that there could be life. And they went to the internet to get popular votes on what they should send out there and it just ended up being like a lot of pop culture references and stuff like that <laughs> they just they just spammed the inner they just spammed outer space with that's awful yeah <laughs> i know i was thinking the same thing and then apparently some more serious people uh sent out some more intelligent stuff a couple of years later but like what is because you know like we had mentioned you you jokingly said we'd just send a smiley face emoji but Okay. What if their <laughs> faces were completely different than ours and they didn't even understand a smiley face? I said the smiley face because, like, that that's more universal than if you think about, like, today we have languages, like, we have, you know, mm-hmm. different languages in different parts of the world and different forms of greeting. Like, some people might shake your hand, some people might kneel and bow, some people might you know, whatever their tradition is. But I think probably everyone can recognize a, a person smiling as meaning good intent unless mm-hmm. you <laughs> unless you have a terrifying smile or something. Um, yeah. So that's why I was kind of going down that road. But, like, maybe, you know, if we're trying to... You know, if you think about... Um, like I think you you would try to describe like who we are, you know, and so I would mm-hmm. think maybe instead of a smiley face, maybe you try to draw a picture of a human to show what we look like. Hmm. You know, just yeah, just send out like a thousand pictures of people. Well, like just like maybe one or two or just a few as like kind of generic representations, and then. I don't know. Then you have to accompany yeah. that with probably some kind of some kind of message. Mm-hmm. The other thing too, though, is are they going to be able to receive? Because it would obviously have to be in some kind of code, um, probably you know some sort of binary or something that would just be sent out as pulses of radio waves. I would assume. I guess I don't know how um, how radio is transmitted. Is that binary code that's sent across from one radio to another? Because um, they refer to it as radio waves, and I know AM stands for amplitude model, am, amplitude modulation, and FM is frequency modulation. So it's possible that it's more of a a wave, in the sense of sound waves. Uh, I guess we should have done some research. On uh, this I just before. I just did a quick Google, and it does indeed look like it transmits binary. Okay, so then they have to be able to receive the binary and turn that back into something meaningful. Oh, wait a what second. Hang they... on. I might have read that wrong. No, I okay. I, I'm sorry. Carry on, but we we actually don't know how radio signals actually transmit data. Well, we here in the podcast don't. I'm sure somebody, some many humans do. <laughs> but, um, 
you've got to be able to send it in such a way that they can receive it and turn it into something meaningful. But then also, what if they don't have eyes and they can't see? Maybe they just um, can actually, like, sense radio, act- you know, radio waves or something like that, and that's how they move around. Or maybe they can only hear, like, how how do you send out a message so that it would have the highest likelihood of being received and read correctly? I don't know, dude. If, if there's life out there without eyes and can't can only pick up radio waves, then honestly, I don't feel they're worthy of me sending them a message. <laughs> Man, if they can pick up radio waves, they're doing better than you. Okay, you well, me. they're not useful to me, though. Like, if they... I don't know. I don't know. But, like, how would you... Ah, that's, that's so weird. Because I'm, I'm just so used to thinking about it in terms of, you know, thinking about life in terms of what we know on Earth. Mm-hmm. And it's funny too how our, our th- thinking of the way aliens might look or behave is shaped by, you know, uh, movies and drawings that people have done of aliens. They all seem to kind of look the same. They're all sort of vaguely humanoid. They all have eyes and ears and noses and. Therefore, you know. my my idea of sending a drawing is actually makes sense. Yes, if they can receive it and actually change it and do something meaningful maybe they communicate using something completely other than radio waves and would radio waves be the best thing to send out i would think so because you know different uh frequency of the electromagnetic spectrum like visible light won't travel as far you know and is easily blocked by planets and Mm -hmm. uh, asteroids and things in the way i have a new idea okay if we if we can't like transmit like data like images like and we're limited to whatever binary or something but we can't transmit any visuals okay now i think what we should do is transmit some form of coordinates to the location of earth whether they be in relation to what though well that that's (laughs) that's the million dollar question right um it's so crazy to think like we reference you know everything by what's around us by the sun the moon you know and stars that we can see but like if you're bazillions of light years away they're you referencing off of completely different stuff and our stuff isn't even on their map necessarily okay surely there's brilliant people out there that could think of some kind of relative coordinate system that would actually work yeah i don't know i i just think of it like the old you know as the the uh, the space or space is just like you know a giant ocean, except you know it's rather than just being the the plane of the ocean, you've got you know three dimensions, and you can go in literally any direction. And you know if you're thousands of miles away, you have no 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 knowledge of like islands and stuff that are you know beyond your immediate area that you've explored. So you, like, what do you reference off of? Obviously, yeah. if we have hmm. if we have stars in common that we can each see, we can use that. Um, what's the well, furthest the, the, out? But the stars are going to look different if you're somewhere else. Yeah, but if you know, like the distances ranges from here to that. Oh, star. I see. So not like constellation type things. Okay. Well, even if you use the constellations, you could say this star is, you know, so many million light years from us. The other star is this many million light years. And then you can figure out the angle between those two and, you know, can use those, you know, pick two or or probably three stars to be your 
your reference points. Hmm. As you know, you can send data and say, we are here in relation to these stars. And if they're looking at them from the other side, they can see where those stars are in relation to them. And then just add the distances on to see where we are. See, I think that would work. Yeah, that could work for people that can see the same stars as us or, or aliens that can see the same stars as us. But what if they're beyond that even? Well, aren't we talking about we're like beaming this into like a specific like galaxy or or whatever i don't remember your original proposition yeah yeah it was one that was visible from earth but you know what if we're just sending these radio waves out into space and you know thousands of years from now some alien life form receives these signals if they haven't deteriorated you know by that point and they're still traveling through space you know and it's been thousands of light years and they've received them, and they're that far away. I, I don't know how many light years out we can see. I think probably a couple of million light years. Man, that's so um, crazy. Yeah. But, yeah, so, like, it might be a thousand years before these civilizations, you know, receive our signals. So, you know, what can we send to them? And, and any... Anything culturally hey, relevant is going to be... I think my internet's uh, having some issues here. Oh, I see you waving. I was just saying that, uh, you know, if, if they're receiving these uh, signals thousands of light years from now, or thousands of years from now, or even potentially millions of years, I doubt mm-hmm. that the Earth is going to last that long, but if it does... Um, you know, we can't send anything culturally relevant because things would be so different down here. We can't, you know, like, tell them about our current technology because <laughs> it'll be so outdated by that point. Presumably, humans will look the same if we haven't nuked each other and all have, like, 17 <laughs> arms and three eyes or something like that. So. See, that's why I think, that's why I think sending the location is a good idea because then, obviously, if someone gets a signal with mm-hmm. relevant you know coordinates in whatever system then obviously that that's you know that's generated by some intelligent source so then you just have the aliens come visit us and i mean that's kind of like that doesn't it doesn't carry any information that's going to expire and I think it, it, you know, the communication in and of itself comes off as being intelligent. Uh, you cut out for a little bit there. Um, I'm going to throw out my idea. Maybe it's similar to what you had just said. Um, my idea was maybe we can send a map of the visible universe from what we can see from Earth and show where we Ooh. are on that map. And then if these you know, hypothetical creatures were to someday discover that portion of the universe, or maybe they already had knowledge of it, but if not, maybe they would stumble upon it someday, and then they could go, oh, here's where all these stars are, and there's where Earth is in relation to uh, all of these, you know, other these other reference points. Wow, yeah, that's a good idea. But a map, like, that seems like a lot to transmit via... Yeah. Are we still on radio waves here? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our, our our transmission would be like sixteen years long to get all of the data. Out. I know, like, hmm. Yeah, and uh, what if they are operating on some, you know, like completely un, 
uh, undiscovered technology that's, you know, out there. Like radio waves weren't known for so long, and then we discovered them. What other waves are out there that they might be communicating with that we don't even know about? Yeah. See, hmm. Yeah, it's like, so what would be, could we do something with light to transmit yeah, data? I wouldn't think so because, you know, if you think of a star and they're millions of light years away and it's just a pinpoint of light. Yeah. If somebody was hmm. sending like Morse code or binary code using a star, you would have to be looking awfully close to even be able to pick up the pattern. So I wouldn't think light would be the best option. I would think it would have to be some kind of receiver that could turn it into data. Because that, that portion of the electromagnetic spectrum, I think, is kind of also very susceptible to being blocked by asteroids or interfered with by gravity, for example. Or, you know, I guess I don't know what other parts of the spectrum, how they respond to gravity, but light just seems kind of fragile when you're sending it that far. Yeah. The, the, mm-hmm. the visible spectrum, or the visible part of the electromagnetic spectrum. Hmm. Yeah, and it's like we we definitely couldn't send anything physical because they just wouldn't get anywhere nearly enough time. <laughs> yeah, and I I always like to think about like the telescopes and stuff that we've sent out there that are just never going to come back. It's kind of funny to think about like we're just shooting stuff off into space and we're never going to see it again. Like we're just <laughs> losing little bits of the Earth all the time. <laughs> At what point will there be nothing left because we've shot it all into space? Yeah, I think that would be quite a while. <laughs> Yeah, it's like we'll use up the Earth trying to discover other planets, and then we'll all move to the other planet once the Earth is used up. Hey, man, Elon is—he's serious about wanting to move to Mars. Yeah. Um, what what's so appealing about Mars as opposed to like the Moon, for example? <laughs> I don't know. I am or any other planet. I am. I am not on board with with uh, leaving to go to very a very unhospitable planet because I think ours is. Uh, you know, uh, d- despite what may be going on with, uh, you know, our government and <laughs> everything else in the world right now, I still think it's probably the best we've got. Yeah. If you were given a free trip to Mars and back, would you take it? Knowing all the risks that would be involved? Oh, wow. Um... This is something I've thought about many times. Like, it's so hmm. dangerous. Like, you, you go off into space, you know, if you get hit by an asteroid or something goes wrong and you just get stuck in space, you can't be rescued necessarily. You know, they would they would probably come up with some way to rescue us, but if, if everything went, you know, terribly wrong, like, what? <laughs> you're, you're just stuck out there. Okay. And... I, w- I would accept it on these conditions. That, number one, the uh, transportation system has been proven reliable based on multiple previous uh successful transportations of passengers and i want to say and also another condition would be that there's there's a base up there to to actually like go there and have you know, it's like when you go on vacation. Like, you don't want to spend your entire vacation in your car and just, like, yeah. looking outside your window. You want to actually, like, get out and camp and stay somewhere or, you know. Well, what if you just had your spaceship and you were going to land and you had a suit so you could go out exploring and taking photos and you had to get back in and come back to Earth? 
Hmm. Or what if you were offered the opportunity to be the first man on the moon back when they did their first landing? Would you have taken that? No. <laughs> <laughs> so many unknowns. Yeah, I don't know. That's too much. I mean, I'm just, I guess I'm just not that brave. Yeah. I like my comfortable life on this planet. Well, it's not even necessarily about being comfortable here. It's about the fact that you could just die in space or your ship could blow up. Yeah, the thing is, like, it's not the dying that's the worst part. It's the, um, it's the... The time leading up to it would be the worst. Oh, well, I'm not even thinking that, that far ahead. I'm just thinking, like... Well, if you go up there and then you die, it's like, well, that was all for nothing. Like, yeah. you didn't accomplish anything. Like, there was no yeah. point to it. Yeah, I think they'd probably still get some good information out of it. But uh, my biggest thing, you know, that would scare me the most would be like, what if you get off course and you just are launched off into space and you just keep going forever? Yeah. And, you know, eventually you're going to run out of food and power and everything's going to shut down and you're just going to starve or freeze to death or suffocate to death or that that's that's lovely to think about yeah yeah isn't it yeah um there's the movie i think apollo 11 it's got tom hanks in it it's a movie i can't obviously it was apollo 11 uh, but uh i can't remember what went wrong with it somehow they ended up off course or something um uh, or low on fuel? It, is this the one that... I always get Apollo 11 and Apollo 13 mixed up. Or maybe it is Apollo 13, the movie. with The movie with Tom Hanks. Whichever Apollo mission it was. There's there's two. Well, there's 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 one that's like a movie. Like a, a movie movie. And then there's another one that came out recently that had like a whole bunch of like live... Or not live, but like uh, actual footage from the actual mission... Um, hmm. that was like stitched together in like a kind of movie like way, and it was I guess it was more of a documentary. Uh, okay. Well, I can't remember which is which though. Uh, Apollo thirteen is the movie that's got Tom Hanks in it. Okay, and that is that the one that didn't land. I don't remember what happened anymore. It's been a couple of years since I saw <laughs> okay. it, but the thing <laughs> let me, was let that me just Google this so I I quench they... my curiosity. They ended up having to use the gravity of the planet to, like, slingshot themselves back around and head towards Earth. And they weren't going to have enough power or energy, I think. So they had teams of people on the ground with, uh, you know, life-sized mock-ups of the actual ships. And they were trying to figure out, you know, all the stuff that they could uh, MacGyver in space to conserve energy or take energy from one source and use it for something else that they needed. And they had... uh, Mm -hmm you know, like real life simulators that they were using on earth to try to figure out how to get this thing to dock correctly or to land correctly wherever it needed to. And yeah, was... I remember it being a fantastic movie. Yeah. I, I always hate space movies like that because a lot of times it's just the spaceship and the actors and space. And there's just yeah, like but it's like, there. it's about like a real thing that happened. Yeah. Yeah, and, well, the thing is, I don't know how accurate the details are. It seemed like they were trying to be as accurate as possible. I think they were. But, yeah, it was, you know, a, a very interesting movie. Highly recommend it. But, uh, yeah, that's, like, one of my thoughts is what happens if something goes wrong and you just get launched off into space. Yeah, I'm. Tr- it's funny. Now that we talk about it, it's like I'm trying to remember what actually went went wrong. I remember before they took off, one of the guys got sick. 
And so mm-hmm. they had to substitute another guy. And yeah. they they blast off, they launch into space, and they get they get like I guess they they're orbiting around the moon. But but Could what be. happened so that they weren't able to land? It must have been a fuel limitation because that's yeah. kind of like the main limitation, right? That Maybe if we they... should both go and watch this movie and then review it <laughs> in the next episode. I don't I don't remember though. I, it was great though because like afterwards, like you were saying, um, when they're trying to get back to Earth and they're like, <laughs> it's funny they have like these such you know primitive controls compared to like mm-hmm. we watched the spacex demo 2 launch earlier this year and they just have this modern you know flat screen touch screens you know everything yeah. it just looks like so futuristic and whatever and like everything's like fully automated and whatnot and like but in the movie there's like they're doing things there by hand and like trying to aim the ship back at the right spot and Mm-hmm. I remember their simulator was like completely mechanical. They would lay in it, and then like there was actually like arms and stuff that would move around uh, via motors and things. Yeah. So, so they would just look through a little window at these motorized arms moving around rather than a screen displaying mm-hmm. what was going on. So, yeah. Uh, and and I think the guy who got sick, they actually called him in because he knew how to fly the thing, and so he would practice on the simulator trying to run different scenarios trying to figure out how to get them docked up with whatever i don't know if it was a space station or fuel source or what the deal was um well yeah man (laughs) it's funny we're talking about this i feel like i don't know anything yeah they were uh, they i think they had a bunch of problems but were they were they trying to read um dock with their uh their main like booster module i have no That's idea it. space okay. is not something i know very much <laughs> yeah. about in space yeah. travel maybe we should end this here so we don't sound like fools here just talking, <laughs> well, talking about something for that <laughs> that's okay i hope the audience but, uh, doesn't mind the uh movie um the martian with uh matt damon was also another very interesting movie he, uh, the, you know, they were. It's obviously a very fictional movie. Mm-hmm. They were uh, landing on Mars, and they were actually doing like a Mars watch walk and uh, what is it? EVA, extravehicular activity, where they were actually walking on Mars and stuff, okay. and they were setting up a camp. But then a storm came up, and they had to uh, get out of there quick. So they all jumped back on the ship. But Matt Damon's character had been hit by an antenna that blew over, and it like stabbed through his suit and stuff, and they left him for dead because they had to. And they had to get out of there. Mm-hmm they all died and then he had to take the the supplies that were left up there and try to uh make a living for himself take the the little bit of oxygen that he had and water and stuff and he was converting you know air into water or something like that and and using all kinds of stuff the seeds that they had brought and he was able to uh i think he was able to get hydrogen that they had for their uh uh, f- fuel or something like that. I don't know. And he, he ended up using, you know, mixing that with oxygen to make water and stuff for the plants. And it was a interesting movie, but again, it took place in space and it was kind of boring. But uh, from that aspect, as far as like you know, scenery and stuff like that, there wasn't like you know any any interesting scenery or they didn't travel anywhere interesting. It all took place mostly in Mars. But then there's a team he was trying to contact, 
but I guess if I remember correctly, he didn't have, really have any kind of good transmitter. And so they were looking at pictures of Mars, and then one day they realized that their supplies and stuff that they had up there had all been moved to another location, and then they realized that he was still alive up there. Huh. So then they were scrambling to try to figure out a plan to get him rescued before the media found out about this and, you know, made a <laughs> rush and, you know, made a big deal out of it. They were trying to come up with a plan so they could be like, well, yeah, this is what we're doing to try to get him back. And uh, and then the people who uh, were on their way home, of course, uh, were eventually told about the fact that he was still alive. They had left him there, and so then they all decided to go back for him, even though they had been told not to by the ground. As a, it was an interesting movie, just, you know, all the, all the problem-solving stuff that he went through is... It was well written. I don't think accurate at all, but it was still an interesting movie. Hmm. Yeah, it but sounds yeah, interesting. That, the thought of just being trapped in space. Kind of scary. Yeah. Pretty empty. It could go on forever. <laughs> it's so empty. It looks like there's so much out there when you look at the stars, but yeah, it's just so empty. It could just go on forever. Yeah, where uh where did I hear this? This maybe this was in a recent um video from Smart Every Day. Um there, you know, so uh, in the the Apollo mission where they actually land on the moon, there was one guy who stayed in orbit, mm-hmm. um, and he went around and he was he mentioned I don't remember where I got heard this from, but he went around, you know, he was in the the capsule that went around just orbited the moon, and he went around the other side, and you know lost complete communication with Earth because the moon was blocking it. And he yeah. was, like, in the shadow, and so it was, like, all dark, and he was, I guess, the farthest from any humans that humans had ever been, or oh, farthest yeah. from Earth that humans had yeah. ever been. Uh-huh. I don't know. That would be kind of scary. <laughs> it would be, but at least there you're, like, you know, stuck in the orbit. You're, you know, you're going to get pulled into the moon eventually, you know, I, presumably he would have had quite a bit of time to continue orbiting there he was at least wasn't like just launched out into yeah. space he would eventually come back around and they could come and get him if they really wanted to mm-hmm. so yeah but yeah that's that's totally scary too but uh yeah it's, it's kind of crazy too just to think of like if space does continue on forever and of course there are all kinds of theories about it wrapping around on itself and things like that but even if it did what's beyond that like you know, if it's, if it's some kind of a, a loop. Yeah, that's that's Crazy. going beyond my brain comprehension right there. Crazy. Yep. Well, that's about all I got to got to talk about space. I obviously don't know very much about it. I, I know embarrassingly little. But uh, I just thought that was an interesting idea of if we were trying to communicate with another life form, how would we do it? Yeah, it, it's never something I've thought of before, that's for sure. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening. If you want to send us a question or a comment, our email address is enthusiasticwitter at gmail.com. And tune in next time to hear us talk in depth about more topics that we really don't know anything about. Thanks for listening. Bye.